Hi, everyone. We're sisters Amy and Nancy Harrington, the founders of the Passionistas Project. We've created an inclusive sisterhood where passion-driven women come to get support, find their purpose, and feel empowered to transform their lives and change the world. On every episode, we discuss the unique ways in which each woman is following her passions, talk about how she defines success, and explore her path to breaking down the barriers that women too often face. Today, we're talking with V. Christian, the founder of Be Mindful, Love, Relationships, and New You Coaching. V. Mindful is a highly successful certified relationship coach and published author of two books, They Tried, You Won, and Ladies, Leave Your Dick at Home. She has a 100% success rate for helping clients remove the blocks to attract an exclusive relationship and has been coaching for nearly 15 years. She enjoys helping her clients heal from heartbreak, toxic relationships, and attachment style issues, as well as attract and maintain healthy love. So please welcome V. Christian. I am so happy to join you, ladies. So yes, and I just released the third, it's not a book. The third one is not a book, it is a journal. Um, it's called the Four Pillars Journal. Uh, I haven't even had time to you know, push it out, but it's for anyone that's looking to get ish together. I don't know if I can curse. So you have to tell me if I can or not. But okay, okay. you know, um, because four pillars, you know, your health, your wealth, your relationship, and your purpose. Um, and so I created this journal. And it's a long, it's a thick journal, it's almost 200 pages, because I wanted people to set intentions for their lives, not just, you know, because we have aspects of, you know, I want to improve my relationship, but what about the other parts of you, right? And so I just wanted to create a journal for all all aspects of a, a whole person. So I, I have since published that um, since I gave you that introduction. <laughs> That's excellent. That's great. Awesome. We'll be glad, you, glad you told us about that. We look forward to seeing it. Um, so V, what are you most passionate about? You know, I think I'm most passionate about connecting people. Um, I think, you know, having a relationship and it doesn't mean y'all, you got to have a husband or boyfriend or a Valentine today. It doesn't mean anything like that, but you know, you, the value, like they say, the, the quality of your life is going to be determined by your relationships. Um, so I'm very passionate in helping people connect, whether it's with friends their children or in my space, you know, I do work with couples or people looking to be a couple. Right. But, uh, my, I'm passionate about just helping people, learn how to better connect with other people. Well, that's a beautiful mission. Um, what inspired that? Tell us a little bit about your background and how you came Absolutely. to be a relationship coach. You know, I can think back. Okay, so I'm older. I'm over here having hot flashes as we speak in this hot ass sweater. Um, but, you know, I could think back when I was much younger, you know, and I was a go-to person for so many people, you know, like I'm having relationship issues and I never thought about it. OK, and then I go into corporate America because I am a leader in technology in corporate America for a very large company. Um, I noticed that now there's this whole thing called feminine leadership. Right. Um, there's this thing also about transactional versus transformational leadership. There's also a thing called soft power, hard power. I didn't make these terms up. These are real terms. And they're part of my course that I'm releasing next week about ladies, how do you leave your dick at home so that you can attract a, um, a masculine man or a man, right? Um, but one thing I realized was I was really good at leading. And, not, and it's not because I'm good at setting KPIs or anything like that. Like, no, I realize that I am really good at connecting, human connection. So believe it or not, and, and this could be to folks' detriment, right? On, on my team, I have had the same people wanting to be on my team for almost 15 years. And it to their detriment, right? Because I'm like, y'all gonna have to leave me. I can't be mama bear forever, right? You know, um, but it's because I know how to connect with people. I know how to get people to, let's say, play nice in a sandbox. I know how to get a disengaged employee to be engaged, right? Um, and to care about their work and to care about their colleagues. Like, so I realized that, okay, I'm really good at this. I'm really good at connecting to people. Um, and so I, I changed it over to relationship coaching uh, a few, probably about mm, five years ago, right? When I got my own life coach, because I was struggling in dating, I could connect, but y'all, 
I couldn't, <laughs> my dick went everywhere. I went and I couldn't understand what, what I've been, uh, you know, when I was single, I went on like 200 dates and that's what two, that's almost 200 men. That ain't 200 dates with one person. Okay. That's almost 200 men. And I could attract a man with no problem. I could teach any woman to go out here and attract a man, but I just didn't like anybody. And so once I started investing into myself several years ago, then I realized, girl, you're the one standing in your own way. Um, and then I started coaching other women who are like me, masculine in nature, raising children, corporate America leader, you know, um, the head of their households or whatever. I started coaching women just like me who were having blocks just like me in their dating life. All right. I have to ask 200 dates, 200 first dates. Do you have a, do you have a best and a worst? <laughs> you know, girl, let me tell you something. <laughs> I, I never had a really bad date, I, you know, and I think it's because I can, you know, I, I, and I don't mean to toot my own horn, but I, I can really talk to anybody. You can, girl, I could go on a date with the leader of the clan and I'm going to find something in common to talk to him about. I don't know what it is, but we're going to have a good conversation. Um, the only date that I can remember that I just didn't like, and I lied to you not, I got up in the middle of the date and I left. I just said, you know what? I'm just going to go home. And he's like, huh? What do you mean? Do you want me to walk you to your car? I was like, I remember where I parked. I'm just going to leave. And what made that date just so... It's so draining. Like I, again, I work in corporate America. I talk a lot at work. I'm in meetings a lot. And that date was like pulling teeth. He could not have a conversation. And by the time I went to this date after work, I didn't have the energy. I was like, you know what? I can't do this shit. I'm out. And I left and I left. Um, and I, I remember hearing from him again, like a few years after that, you know, he asked me out again. And I said, do you remember our date? You, do you remember I left? Like, dude, I'm not interested. Now, of course, my best date, though, because you because you asked <laughs> is with the man, you know, is with the man I'm with. We've been together for two and a half years um, and I we connected. You know, I manifested him. So I, I did a whole video about how I manifested him. Right. I manifested my first, you know, my 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 husband, my ex-husband. I just forgot to put like shit on the list that mattered. Like, you know, honest, keep your dick to yourself. You know, I didn't put that stuff on the list. So I got what I got. I got what I asked for. Right. You know, the superficial things. So when I started manifesting again, you know, cause I do believe in, I'm highly spiritual. I do believe in energies and I believe your thoughts are everything, right? Your thoughts and your actions and your beliefs. Um, when I was, you know, intentionally again, I said, you know what, I'm going to manifest the love that I'm looking for, because it's not just manifesting like, oh, may he come, may he come. It's not that. But you have to really focus on becoming the person who is with this type of person. Right. And that's what I really work with my clients. on. we have to work on you because it, everything starts with you. Right. And so I, I was working on myself. I became this person and then I manifested this man. And on my list, I was like, you know, he's got to travel because I love to travel. Right. I love like my thing is uh, my tagline is catch flights and feelings. OK, or catch feelings and flights either way. But we catch them both. Right. Because it's not about let's just catch flights and not feelings. No, we're getting out here and we're going to travel the world and we're just, hopefully it's with somebody. But anyway, um, I had other things I said. I didn't want him to have little kids, you know, and I and I focused on how he made me feel like this man makes me feel safe. This man makes me feel loved. And I started calling those feelings in. Right. Um, so when I met him, I met him. I told him I love to travel and so forth. Right. And we had the best conversation. We hadn't even had I met him online. We hadn't even FaceTime yet. And uh, next conversation, he's like, I, I got a proposal for you. And I said, what is it? You know, <laughs> he was like, how about you fly down to see me? Cause he was at a, a, a conference. Like I live in Virginia. He was just in North Carolina for a conference. Um, I said, okay. He said, and I'll fly you home. I was like, oh, okay. You'll fly me home. I'm like, oh, on an airline, you know, let me know. And then he was like, no, I'm going to fly you home. And I was like, in a hell, do you have a helicopter? And he's like, no, 
silly. That would take too long. I have my own plane. I was like, you have a plane? And that was our date. I flew down and he wanted to see if I was going to do it. Right. Like, and of course, I, when I talked to my life coach, she was like, first of all, before you take off and do this, um, I need you to FaceTime him. Because <laughs> I was like, girl, I'm ready. He said, plane, I'm gone, you know. But, you know, she was like, please FaceTime him to make sure that he's real and everything. And I was like, OK, bet you're right. I, I, I lost my own damn mind for a second. But um, anyway, uh, that was our first date. And it's crazy. I, I let my girlfriends know where I was. I, I took all the precautions. Right. I just didn't say, oh, let me go and fly somewhere and drop my drawers and nobody know where I'm at. Right. So I didn't take that approach. Um, but I, I took the safe safety precaution pr approaches and we had a wonderful time. So that would be my that was a long ass answer to say that would be my best date. But I I'd manifested it. I manifested it. That's amazing. I can't believe you manifested a man with a plane. Yes, I did. <laughs> to work on that next time. <laughs> so let's go back to the concept of leaving your dick at home, right? So why do you think women in the corporate space have a harder time doing that? What are the characteristics of, of the work mm -hmm. life that they kind of need to weed through for their personal life? Oh, yeah. It's, you know, and it's not even just the the working woman, right? The educated woman um, who is grinding. Girl, I get you. Trust and believe. I had to rush home and be right here because I was grinding in corporate America today. It's also the single mom, the divorce mom, right? And the reason why is because we're constantly in this, I have to do, I do, I do. Right. Um, and a lot of times we're doing for ourselves. Nobody's helping us. Right. And so we get in this mindset of no, you know, a relationship is another task. A relationship is another goal. Right. And then we we stay in this fixated like, kind of mindset that, you know what, I'm just going to do, 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 do. I know some very masculine women. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I know some very masculine women. And it's like, you know, they get this mindset. I don't need a man. I could do everything by myself. And we we are lost. Like we get lost in what a relationship is because we're so focused on I must meet this goal. I must meet this task. I must be successful on my own. I don't need anybody else. And that's not that's not why we were even brought here to this earth. We were brought here to procreate, <laughs> connect with people, um, have relationships, you know, but we get in this mindset, like, I don't need anybody else. I, I've got this. I can do this. I do it. Look, I do this. Look, I didn't change the light bulb. Girl, I'd be out here cutting my grass, you know, and it's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let, let's back away from this because everybody needs somebody. And I'm not saying you need a husband. Oh, you ain't anybody without a man. I'm saying everybody needs human connection. Right. And a lot of us do want to be in stable, healthy relationships with one person. So I'm talking to that person. I'm not talking to the person <laughs> that want to stay single and have 20 cats. I'm not talking to you. If that's who you want to be, girl, hmm, I'm I'm with you. Okay. I'm completely with you. I My course and the, the women I coach, I'm talking to the women who don't want to lead with that masculine energy, who want a relationship and can't figure out why I can't get one. But we are often the ones standing in our own way. And we don't realize how our masculinity is ingrained in from our corporate America job, from raising them badass kids, right? We don't understand and see how it's ingrained in a lot of the other things that we do. That's cool. So how do you work with these clients? What do you offer them? Okay. So first girl, first I have to teach them to one, shut your mouth. You know, that that's a big one. Right. You don't realize you can see how much I talk. So I'm gregarious. So I teach my own self to shut the hell up. Um, so that is one thing, because I think we we get into this mindset like we must compete. You know, I must compete for a man. We have this scarcity mindset. Ladies, let me please let me just throw some data at you, because I want women to understand. Stop having a scarcity mindset. There's no need to have a scarcity mindset. As women, we older, we older, okay? As women, as we get older, as men get older, men know, they know they need a woman, all right? Married men live longer than single men. 
right? Because we're the nurturers, we're the influencers. They, they live longer. We literally give them life. We give our babies lives. We give these men lives. Now, as we get older, like if we look at somebody who's over 60 years old, and I know, I don't, I don't know I'm, I, if y'all 20, okay, just listen to my data point right here. <laughs> but as men, as men get older, let's say over 40, let's just, even when we hit 40 and I'm over 40, I'm almost 50. Uh, there are almost two to one men, almost two, almost two. When I say two to one, there's twice as many men looking for women than there are women looking for men. So when people say, oh, I can't, all the good ones are taken, are they? I don't know. It depends on what you define as good. We also have to be realistic. Okay. Now, if you are 45, 55, 65, and you expect to find a man whose balls don't sag, I'm just saying like, let's be realistic. Okay. Let's be realistic in what we're looking for. Cause I see that a lot date. And I say date your priority, not your preference. Okay. Everybody wants a six, five dude, big bald head, bearded. Everybody wants him. Okay, I, look, you know, but if you start dating your priorities and not your preferences, you will not have the scarcity mindset because I'm sitting here telling women that there are more men looking for women than there are women looking for men, especially as we age. So stop, get, get out of that mindset and understand that if you were trying to attract a relationship, there's plenty of men out here. So I work with women on that too, because especially as we get older, the first thing they don't say, all the good ones are taken. No, they're not. All the good ones are gay. No, they're not. Like if you are dead set on seeing that, that's what you'll see. That point blank. That's what you'll see. So what is your advice for those women where to meet these men? Oh, there's plenty of places. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. First of all, um, if you have never been to a golf course, <laughs> every time I go to a golf course and I don't play golf, y'all, I don't. My man plays golf. I just said he has me there driving a the damn cart. And I'm like, this shit is boring, you know. And but and when he's out there, like I'll I'll may do I may do holes one through nine and then I'll go back and sit in the clubhouse. Do you know how many men will sit there and talk to me? Like, and, and I'm with a man. I, I mean, we're just not like right here. You know, he's out there somewhere, you know, but I'm sitting in the clubhouse or I'm sitting at the restaurant. I'm sitting, at, just sitting there waiting on him. I don't think women understand how many men go to the golf course and they would love the company of a woman. And if you, I don't play golf either. Like I don't. Uh, you could think of like work shared places. If you want somebody employed, you know, hey, go to go to somewhere where somebody can bring a laptop. Right. And just go out there. The thing is, it's not even where you go. Do you realize I want you to look in the mirror, get your get your regular face together. OK. And then I want you to go in the mirror and I want you to look at yourself. Do you, I see so many women with the resting bitch face? I wouldn't approach you either. I wouldn't. I would. I, and sometimes I look at them I'm like, oh. Oh, she looks mean, you know, and you might not even be mean, but you look it, you know, men fear rejection just like we do. You got to stop looking a certain way like I'm not approachable. This. OK, this ain't approachable. This is approachable. Smile, make eye contact, get your get your face out your phone. You know, it's not even like where you go. I could tell you to go a million places, but if you're not approachable, trust and believe ain't nobody going to approach you. And so what's the process when someone works with you? How does it, what's, how does, what's the journey? Well, the first thing that we do, I have to get to know them and I am, a, I can really hear things. And I ask a lot of questions. <laughs> I ask a lot of questions because I want to understand clients, right? Um, and a lot of clients and see, here's the thing. I also talk about attachment styles. Now, a lot of women have, they have anxious attachment style versus the avoidant attachment style. But if you're a masculine woman, you're probably going to identify more with the avoidant attachment style, something that I'm extremely familiar with because I had an avoidant attachment style. And you will always kind of have that. You just, you know, trigger a trigger can easily take you back to whatever attachment style that you healed from. So I, in order for me to really understand where they're coming from, I asked them a million questions like, okay, what was, you know, what was the first thing you remember, you know, uh, growing up with your parents? How was your mom? How was your dad? How, you know, how did they show each other love? You know, what was the, your, your first relationship like? When was your last healthy relationship? Why, why did it end? You know, because one thing people have to understand is everything ends. 
And we live, you know, and whether it's anxious attachment style and avoidant is rooted in fear, is rooted in fear. So if you understand that everything ends, the best relationship in the world will end. Somebody will die. Okay. You're either going to, it's going to end in death or divorce. So if you put it in that mindset, it's like, what am I fearing? You will live your entire life without human connection, without being open, vulnerable, without trusting, without experiencing that love. And so in order for me to get them to understand that I go through data, I'm like, girl, look, look at the numbers here. There's plenty of men out here. We going to get to know them. But first, I need to understand what is holding you back. Like, what is it? It's always something holding this person back. And sometimes it's stuff that they don't even realize, something that triggered them, you know, um, even when they were teenagers. But we, and I'm not a therapist, but in order for us to go forward, I need to understand where you came from, like what happened. What, so I can help you remove the block, you know? So that is how I work with my clients. I literally have to get to know them. I want to understand them. Um, and then I am the type of person... I'm going to hold you accountable. Trust and believe if you get a coach, that's what they have to do. If they're not holding you accountable to your shit, then you need to get another coach, period. I'm very honest. I don't sugarcoat things, but I am always here to influence and encourage, right? I don't, I don't, as a mother to three sons and as a grandmother to two boys, grandsons, one thing I am is an encourager. I'm here to be your biggest cheerleader with my sons. I never put them down. I have three athletic sons. I know I was not out there catching balls and, and getting tackled on football. So I was never that parent like, why didn't you catch that ball? What the hell? I and I see these parents out there. I've never been that parent. And my oldest son was the number one player in the, and, you know, when he was re being recruited, he went to play in the SEC. He was the number one player in our state. And trust and believe. I was always his biggest cheerleader. I never put him down. And so that is how, and when he, cause he was always his toughest critic, you know? And so there was no need for me to be like, damn, you let them tackle you like that. Like I never said nothing like that. Right. And that is how I coach and connect with my clients. I'm going to be honest with you, but I'm here to help you. I'm your biggest cheerleader and I'm going to hold you accountable. Are there like one or two common themes that you find most frequently with the clients that you work with? Well, you know, I'm going to tell you, I have had a variety of clients. Some are looking to heal because my first book was about healing from divorce or uh, heartbreak. So those are those I will call it my delicate clients because they are going through a phase of their lives where it is traumatic you know, trying to get past a divorce. Um, it, you know, I have to be very delicate with them, but very honest with them. When I work with those clients because they're going actively going through a divorce, um, I have even helped them with their legal paperwork. I'm not a, an attorney, but because legal paperwork is drawn up for somebody, and my degree is in English, <laughs> it is drawn up, for, I feel like the, the jargon they use is confusing, you know? And I'm like, is this intentional? You know, but either way, um, so I feel like, you know, those clients are different. So if we talk about clients who I have, a, I have a client right now who's trying to not get a divorce. So trying to work through their marital problems. Right. Um, and so she also has a different theme than somebody who is, let's say my clients who are looking to date and looking to attract love. The, the common theme that I'm seeing with them is one, the scarcity mindset, like I mentioned, is huge. It is holding so many people back. They just don't believe that there's somebody out there. And, you know, when we talk about manifesting, we're talking about calling things into our life. What you believe is you know, that is what is holding you back. You know, so I have to work on their beliefs. Um, and in order for us to call in a certain type of individual or a person, I love interest, right? You got to work on their beliefs. So I see that as a common theme, like the beliefs are holding people back. Another common theme that I see <laughs> is especially for the career woman or the single mom, y'all plates are too damn full. It's and I I understand it. I have lived that life. Trust. I said I got three sons and they all played sports and trust and believe 
uh, when the oldest one was playing for college football, I had one playing high school football, and then I had one playing little league football. I had to pick my favorite kid every damn Saturday, okay? Because and then I was catching flights. I my son played in the SEC. I had to catch flights. So trust and believe. I understand. And then I'm in corporate America. When your plate is too full, I'm sorry. I'm here to tell you, mm, girl you're not going to be able to attract anybody. It's too full. How is the universe going to send you anybody? How is God going to send you anybody? Whatever you believe, if your plate is too full. So I help my clients figure out what the hell are we getting off? What will we take it off this plate? Because you got too much shit on it. You cannot expect to attract or, or be in a relationship when there is nowhere for that person to fit. So those are the two, I guess, common themes that I definitely see. So we read on your website that you have what's called a professional in-person mock date. So what is that? Oh, girl, yes. Let me tell you, I have that as my patent pending mock date. So what I do with my clients, because I have some clients that ain't been on a date girl since the 90s. OK, since before online dating was available. Um, and the thing is, they are nervous. They are nervous about going on dates. They haven't been on one in a long time or. It's the person who doesn't understand why they're not getting called for second or third dates. They don't know what they're doing wrong. So I provide a service and I've done it like I live in the D.C. area. Um, but, you know, uh, I have baked it into one of my programs. Right. And so which would include me coming out to do it in person. I provide the professional dater who has already been coached by me. Right. You are to show up for the date. Right. And you are to act as if you how you always act. I am. I call it the safest date you'll ever have because I'm on the date too. damn it. I'm in the building. I'm sitting over there like I'm watching from my eye because I'm watching your interactions. Right. Um, at the conclusion of the date, we give the person the feedback. You know what? What, what could you have done better? It's not to please understand. It's not to discourage anybody. Not at all. This is honest feedback that we want you to get better at. We want to understand why are you not getting second dates, right? Or even third dates or, you know, or if you haven't been on a date in a while, right? I want you to feel comfortable about going out here and being on dates. Um, but again, I'm, it's patent pending. I have already submitted it to the USPTO. Uh, yep. And so it is my concept, but I do it to help my clients to like, okay, girl you ain't been on the date because there's been clients that have they were married 30 years right and that's why they haven't been on a date in a long time not because they were just sitting in the closet being held hostage okay i'm just saying they were well they could have been held hostage in the marriage but either way you know they just were in a long relationship before and they're starting over that is such a good idea i love thank that thank you thank it's, you because you never know what you're doing wrong and it's so easy to blame it on like well he was this and he was that. But it's, if you're constantly having the same outcome of your dates, mm -hmm. then mm -hmm. you kind of need to take a look at yourself in the mirror. Oh, um, yeah, because it's, it's it's the common denominator is probably you. Like, I can admit I was the common denominator. I mean, you don't go on almost 200 dates and it ain't every damn body. It was me, too. Right. What were your what looking back now, what was what were your kind of big things holding you back, do you think? Oh, my gosh. I used to compete with men like you wouldn't believe. I was very masculine. Um, and one thing I learned and maybe some women can identify with this. One thing I learned is if you're too masculine, right, or if your masculine energy outweighs theirs. And I'm not saying don't be who you are. As you could tell, I'm not very whatever you like. Like I'm not that type. You can already tell you can get that energy from me. I'm not saying change your personality at all. No, 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 no. But one thing I learned is if you lead with your masculine energy, they will put you in that my buddy, buddy face. Right. And what that looks like is, oh, girl, you like football. You want to go get some wings. And it's like, you know what? I don't want to be your friend. I, I, I will. I don't mind being your friend. But what happens is because you're leading with they see you now as a an equal, a buddy, a friend, you know, and 10 percent of relationships have that dynamic. So it's nothing wrong with that if that's what you're looking for. But if you want to be ravaged by a man, if you want that strong sexual chemistry, it ain't at the buddy buddy level. Mm -mm. 
it's one's got to be masculine, one's got to be feminine. Okay. It's got, it's the polarity that matters. Um, and so I noticed that I was getting a lot of that, like, Oh, men found me attractive and probably wanted to screw me because they thought I was cute, you know, but it wasn't because I was that feminine woman that they wanted to take to the next level. Yeah, that makes total sense. Yeah. I mean, I worked in, at a, in an, you know, entertainment industry, corporate position. And I had to kind of shut down my feminine side to feel like one of the guys so mm -hmm. that I fit in. And dating was always really hard because I couldn't make that shift yep. to like not being the buddy and mm -hmm. it being okay to feel feminine. And I think a lot of women experience that if that's mm -hmm. what they're looking for is like, you're in that mode for you know, my case, 12 hours a day. And then all of a sudden on Saturday night, I'm supposed to flip a switch and feel like mm -hmm. a girly girl. And I just couldn't do it. Like I really, I actually had to get out of that world mm -hmm. and prioritize that part of my life. Um, so it's complicated. It's a really hard thing. And yet I, I didn't want to be, you know, that what you were just saying, I didn't want to be like, well, I'm just mm -hmm. the girl now, whatever you say, <laughs> you know? So it's a real balance. Mm -hmm. And I think it it's great is. that you're helping, helping women find that. You know, I, I don't think that, so here's the thing. And, and again, I, I have, I'm putting all of this in my course. So like I'll be releasing it next week. Um, the thing is being feminine is not what people who are typically masculine women, leaders, single moms or whatever, divorce moms. It's not what you think it is. It's not, it's, it's leading with your feminine power. It's not, oh, well, I must be dainty and I must look like a lady. I must wear heels. I don't wear no heels. I wear easy spirits. Okay. Um, you know, it's not that. It, it's being the the balancing out a masculine entity, you know, and, and this isn't just man, woman. This is um, even, let's say, let's think in same sex couples. There's typically going to be one more masculine and one more feminine, right? It's the balance. And it's all I'm trying to get women to understand is you have to balance the energy, okay? If you lead in your masculine energy, you're going to be of two things. You're going to be his buddy buddy, or you're going to be dating a beta type man, you know, a man that is going to be more feminine. And women like us, we don't want a feminine man. We don't want a man that like, we, go, sit, go sit your ass there. Like, we don't want, we don't want to be able to tell our man that. Like, we want our man to be like, look, I got this. I told you I was going to do it and I'm going to do it now. I need you to sit down and you just, you know, we want like, okay, big daddy. <laughs> yeah. You know, we want, we want to feel like, we want to feel like he's in control. Like I, I can walk down a dark alley and I know he's going to protect us. You know, I, I don't have to come out and be like, look, get behind me, man. You know, now I'm like, I don't want that type of man. You know, I'm about to take my dog. You know, he's, even though he's sleep right here, I got, I got a big old pit bull, you know, that I rescued and saved his life. But either way, it's like, we don't, a lot of women who are very masculine, we want a man who's just more masculine than us. But ladies, hear me clearly when I say this, a masculine man is not going to compete with your masculinity. He's not. He's going to go to somebody who's a little bit more feminine than you. Yeah, absolutely. So tell us a little bit about the uh, V Mindful podcast. Okay, so you know what? I have been moving my talents over to YouTube. Um, and... <laughs> I have a YouTube page and you know what I, and I had a radio show, but I had to let the radio show go because whew, that was a lot of work. That was more, you know, because it was too much work for me in corporate America um, and doing the YouTube because, you know, the radio show, you ladies know, it has to be 60 minutes. And I'm like, you know, sometimes this, the shit I got to say, I could say in 10 minutes, you know, <laughs> so you know how it is, right? So anyway, I've been moving my talents over to YouTube. Um, I was building my, you know, growing my uh, followers on Instagram. Um, and I noticed anytime I do the real, like when I'm talking, uh, you know, those would either, I had several reels go viral, right? But it's hard to get your message across in 90 seconds. And, and there's a lot more I wanted to say. So I moved my talents over to YouTube. Um, and so I do post each week, every Thursday, I release a video and I talk about, you know, uh, the masculine, I don't just talk about the masculine uh, woman and the, the feminine woman. I talk about dating. I talk about traveling and dating because, 
because, you know, as of right now, my man and I have been on 43 vacations in two and a half years. Yes, um, we will get up and we will be gone. Uh, and so I think it's the best way to honestly learn about your partner. If you really want to know who the hell you're dating before you get married, I promise you, take a vacation, take a trip. It's the best way to learn who you're dating. Um, so I talk about that on, on uh, my YouTube channel. I talk, and of course, the attachment styles. I talk about communication. I talk about how to argue. You know, everything related to a relationship is what my focus is, either on the podcast, but mainly the YouTube channel. That is so true about traveling with somebody. I think the way they treat a waiter mm -hmm. and the way they travel they're like the most revealing things about a person. Yep. Um, so tell us about that. Why do you think travel is is so key? What do you learn? Oh, absolutely. I, I look, I did a <laughs> I, I posted a, a reel on TikTok and that one did kind of go viral on TikTok. And let me tell you, lady. <laughs> So many people left me comments about, oh my gosh, this is so right. I got, I don't know how many comments, um, many hundreds of comments from people about, you know, they said, this is the truth. I broke up with my fiance. Uh, many, many couples broke up on vacation, not only couples, but friendships ended on vacations. Many, many, many. And I think one of the reasons, the main reason why is you're with that person 24 hours. OK, they cannot hide who they are. You just cannot hide who you are forever. So if they're a crackhead and let's say you're going somewhere for a week, they are not going to be able to not do the crack for a whole week because some people didn't know they were dating drug addicts. This is not a joke like they did not know. But I guarantee if you go on a week vacation, you're going to know, you know, um, you don't know how they handle money. You know, the morning person, night person, like because you're around that person and then you get to see how they travel. I mean, I, I, how are they with the luggage? Uh, look, our last trip, <laughs> we went to Thailand and Vietnam. <laughs> uh, we went to Thailand and Vietnam a couple of weeks, not a couple of weeks ago, a couple of months ago. Now, no, it wasn't our last trip, but when we went in uh, November, uh, in November, we were gone for almost a month. My man did not uh, put the right date on his visa application to get into Vietnam. So we're going into Vietnam. Um, and we're leaving Thailand and she was just as blunt. She was getting off work. She was like, uh, you can go, you cannot go. And I'm like, explain please. Then, then she was like, visa application, wrong date. And I looked at his, I was like, oh, I was like, you gotta be kidding me. I, and I could have reacted in such a negative way because our trip, then we could not go to Vietnam. We had to stay in Thailand. We didn't have a hotel. We didn't have anything. And I just said, you know what, V? I am not going to trip because he made a mistake and he has to understand like it's his mistake. He has to own up to it, right? If I just add to it, be like, what the hell? You can't read? What? You know, I would have just made it so much worse, right? So I didn't. But if you go and you on a trip and something like that happens, you're going to know how they respond to stress. Because everyday day-to-day -day living doesn't involve that type of stress, right? You know, uh, you're not going to see something like that until you're on a trip and y'all can't, you, your vacation plans. You know, I was like, you know what? All I turned to him and said is, you know, let's just get a hotel. We'll just find a hotel and we'll try again, you know, when your visa date up, you know, comes up and we'll just go again. I said, but babe, you're going to eat these costs. And I said it like that. And, and that's all I said. I didn't say another word. And we went on about our vacation. That's great. Yeah, I think you learn a lot about someone when they're out of their comfort zone. Mm -hmm. You know, I think when you're not in your day-to-day -day routine, you see how people yep. handle, handle every little element of life. I also think it's important to find out whether someone is a get to the airport early or... <laughs> Go to the airport at the last second kind of person. Uh, we are the opposites in that. And I'll be pissing him off. <laughs> are we you are definitely, I, I'm the one is running. I'm I'm the one is like OJ Simpson running through the airport. I'm like, oh, we got plenty of time. Shit. And I'm just, girl, I'm booking it. Whereas he is former military. Uh-uh. We're, yeah, we are definitely the opposites in that. <laughs> So why do you think women still believe in this notion of the, the made up fairy tale version of love and how is that hurting them moving forward? 
You know, I think we're blinded by what the media shows us, um, whether it's TV, movies, or what people choose to show you on social media, right? You got to understand that social media isn't real, right? Um, and I think a lot of us get caught up in the smiles that we see, you know, when somebody says, take a picture. You know, and I don't know if anyone ever saw the video uh, and I wanted to do like, um, you know, a, a, a response to her video. She did a really good video of like she was she had shown the great love that her boyfriend was showing her on camera. But behind camera, she you know came out and said she said, well, the love also looks like this, the bruises on her face. He was, you know, phys physically abusing her. So we have to understand that everything that we see in social media isn't real. The movies aren't real. Right. And what one there's this book. Oh, dang, if I can remember the name of the book, it came out in 2010. No, oh, it's escaping me. But what she talks about in the book, and I know some people may take offense to it, but it's it's realistic. And I support what she's saying. You know, you keep looking for something better and better and better. Right. Because something is telling you that there's always something better around the corner. You think you're swiping left and right on the dating app. You're thinking you're going to eventually get to something better and better. And we have this mindset that, oh, it's always going to be something better around the corner instead of looking at what is right here. How can I develop or create something with this person that's in front of me? If I'm dating to my priorities, I need to focus on that, you know, but the media um, as well as, you know, the movies and TVs is always something better around the corner. But you can't live your life like that. You have to live your life for here and now, like right here in this present moment. Don't live your life for tomorrow, but live it for right now. And so people get stuck in that. No, I'm a just oh, oh, or or they have this mindset. <laughs> um, oh, God is just going to send me the perfect person. And I'd be like, is he? Is he really? You know, because even though I'm I'm not a Bible pusher or a thumper, I'm not. You know, I do believe in God. Absolutely. Um, but I could have sworn the Bible also says faith without works is dead. Uh, we get a lot of people that think they don't have to do a damn thing. Girl, girl somebody going to come in their house and rob them. And that will be the love of their life. And I'm like, hmm. OK, well, you know, when you get tired of waiting for somebody to come uh, rob you at your house, um, please call me. Because You know, so we get that. Th those are the extreme right here. But then you got the people who keep believing in that fairy tale, And it's like, mm, mm, I don't know. I'm pretty sure you're going to have to do some work. You're going to have to do some work. There's no way you're intentional in getting a job. You're intentional in buying a house. You're intentional and, you know, raising your children, having kids. People don't want to be intentional. Oh, it's just going to happen because I saw it in the movies. The girl was walking down the street and she picked up a penny and they went down at the same time to pick up the penny. And now they're getting married next month. Girl, that's a damn movie. OK, stop having that mindset that everything in the movies is going to happen like that for you. No, 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 no. Let's we got to put in some work. Right. We have to get out here and meet people. The more people you meet, the higher the numbers. It's a numbers game. It's a numbers game. Yeah, absolutely. So what's the question that we're not asking you that we should be asking you about finding love? Absolutely. Well, you know what? I would love to let me add on because it's one thing to attract love. Right. But it's another thing to keep it. So what are you doing to keep the love? Because I could teach any man or woman to go out here and attract somebody. Girl, but when your engine, your little engine lights start going off because you have never healed the inside of you, you have never learned how to be in a relationship, you will turn uh, turn everybody away from you. Whether it's your attachment style, your the way you communicate, the way you argue, you know, all, the way it, it could be anything. It, the way you spend time, your expectations, not, not communicating your boundaries. Those are the things that's going to matter a lot more than I could teach you how to be on a date. I could teach you how to go on dates, but if you don't work on those internal demons, it doesn't matter what I teach you. Okay. If you don't work on the things that's holding you back, a relationship will be the last thing that you got to worry about because it will always be a, a far away from you. So teaching people how to attract the love. Yes. But you've got to also focus on, well, how do I grow love? How do I keep love? How do I communicate? 
How do I establish boundaries? How do I speak up for myself? How do I, you know, have disagreements? Disagreements are supposed to bring you two together. If they're tearing you apart because you're not fighting correctly, then maybe you need to learn why. What do you need to do better? Right. Um, so it's more so like that's why I say I teach people how to attract love and to keep it. Um, and so I would love people to focus as well on, you know, not just going out here and getting dates, swiping left and right, how to be great and how to look good and smell good and all that great stuff. But girl, how are you going to keep this man? That's what you also need to focus on. Um, who were some of your role models, your your female role models growing up? Um, and and that you learned either about relationships from or about being this strong woman from? Um, you know, I would say my mother. Um, growing up, mm, growing up, I say my parents taught, unfortunately, I'm going to say taught me how to be very masculine. It wasn't their intent. It wasn't their intent. My parents have been married 51 years. My mother was born and raised in Taiwan. Uh, my dad is American, born and raised from Chicago. Uh, my dad fought in the Vietnam War and met my mother. There used to be a military base in Taiwan. My parents are still married um, and very happily married. Uh, I watched my mom grow, you know, I saw her do all the feminine things, but they didn't raise us to be like that. They raised us to be, get your own, get your own, get your own, right? And have that mindset. And so that's how I grew up. Um, but I look back at it and, I, and I'm realizing that, especially as I was creating my course, like my mother is the most caring and nurturing person there is. But here's the thing. My mother knew how to use her feminine energy. We have this mindset that Asian women are much more submissive than, you know, other or American women. And the thing is, it's not true. It's not true. It's the nurturing part. It's nurturing because I ain't never seen my mother go to my father and be like, whatever you like, I shall do. I ain't never seen my mother do that. OK, I can promise you that, um, you know, I have seen my mother, you know, speak up for herself for sure. Um, but one thing I saw in my mother is she knew how to be that feminine power for my dad. Like, you know, Chinese people take a long time to prepare the food. Um, and, but my father would always call her when he got off work. My mother worked. She still works in her seventies. Okay. My father's fully retired, but he, he would call home and said, I'm on my way home from work. My mother had already chopped up all the vegetables and the meat or whatever. She would always then start stir frying it. And so when he walked in the door, dinner would be ready, right? He would put his clothes away. And then we all sat down as a family. We ate now. I could tell you what my father does for my mother because it's not one way it's bi-directional, right? Because my mother has lived in this feminine power. It's power. I want women to understand it's power. My dad goes out and makes, he goes out his way to make sure my mother's okay. Cause when she gets off work, she now she calls home. I'm coming home from work. My dad sets his timer and says it, it takes 13 minutes for her to get home. He sets it on his eye, on his watch or uh, not his iPhone. And when that timer starts clicking at like 11 minutes down, then, okay, now two more minutes down. My dad is sitting at the front door on the steps waiting for my mother to come home. He makes sure that and when she walks in the house, not a, not a dirty dish is in there because he looks out for my mother. We have to understand that relationships, it's a partnership. Right. And I saw that growing up, but I didn't understand it for a while. Right. Even I saw it. I saw it all my life. You know what a feminine woman really is. My father will do whatever it takes to make my mother happy. That is what is using your feminine power is. It's the power of influence. It's not my like I said, I never saw my mother get on her hands and knees and shine his damn shoes. It's not that we got to get out that mindset. It's using what God gave you. You're an innately a nurturer. You're innately a, a, an influencer. You're relatable. You are that woman. Right. It's already within you. It's using that power to attract a masculine man. And like my daddy has always said, and I'll end on this. My daddy has always said, even since when I was a little girl, he said, you can get a man to do whatever you want. And I never understood that. You know, he would say that when I was like a teenager in 20s, when I got married in my 20s. If you can't get a man to do whatever you want him to do, 
then you're doing it wrong. And what he means by that is if you can't get a man to do what you want, you are not using your feminine power correctly. Wow, that's fascinating. <laughs> I have to think about that. Thank you. Thank you. Um, what have you tried to teach your own sons about their relationships with women? Oh, ooh. Ooh. my oldest son is the one who's dated and he has, you know, two children. Um, you know, he's almost 30 and all I can, you know, they, they definitely listen to me. Um, they know about attachment styles. <laughs> they know what a clingy woman is. And, you know, I think a lot of times they're looking for a woman like their mother. And I'm like, look, I'm hate to tell you, uh, she don't exist, boo. <laughs> it's me. <laughs> they don't make them like me all the time. You know, they just want a woman who's relatable. Um, and one thing that I think they're learning is that, you know, they have to be, they have to show up a certain way in order for her to show up a certain way. Right. You can't always look at her. What are you doing? Like, and I tell my clients this, if you are seeing something outward that doesn't look good, right. It's something that you don't want to see. Then it, you need to look inward because you're putting an energy out. And so that's one, one thing that I focus with my children on, um, especially my oldest son. I think he fully understands that now, like, okay, what am I doing that's causing this? Right. We, we got to stop looking at the other person. Well, this person, oh my gosh, he, no. What are you doing? What are you doing? Cause you're the only person that you can control. And then I'm going to, I hate to have to end on y'all so suddenly, <laughs> but corporate America calls for me. have a meeting. <laughs> we totally understand. Just quickly, where can people find you to work with you? Absolutely. So please, 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 uh, you can email, look, email, uh, you can email me at V at vmindful.com. You can go to V, V E E, mindful.com, my website. I'm also V Mindful, the handle on YouTube, if you'd like to find my YouTube page. And on IG, I am V Mindful underscore coach on IG. Thank you. Return to corporate America. Thank you. For I appreciate today. the time. Thank you so much, ladies, for um, being interested and in even talking to me today. Thanks for listening to the Passionistas Project. Since we're not only business partners, but best friends and real life sisters, we know how unique and truly special our situation is. We know so many solopreneurs, activists, women seeking their purpose and more who are out there doing it all on their own. They often tell us that they wish they had what we have. So we're creating a space for them and you to join our sisterhood where trust, acceptance, and support are the cornerstones of our community. By joining, you become part of our family. We'll give you all of our sis tips on building meaningful relationships through the power of sisterhood and all the tools you need to thrive in three key areas business growth, personal development, and social impact. You'll learn from our panel of power passionistas who are experts on topics like transformational leadership, following your intuition, the power of voting, and so much more. You can join us virtually and in person at storyteller events and meetups to connect with other members of the community. And you'll be able to participate in our online forums with other like-minded women and gender non-conforming, non-binary people who share your values and goals. Be sure to visit thepassionistasproject.com to sign up for your free membership to join our worldwide sisterhood of passion-driven women who come to get support, find their purpose, and feel empowered to transform their lives and change the world. We'll be back next week with another passionista who's defining success on her own terms and breaking down the barriers for herself and women everywhere. Until then, stay passionate.